so Jordan has a picture up. We're going to go back to cars. All right, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, Jordan, that's legit. Jordan has a picture up. That of, is, after all, what this podcast is about. Of the motor and beer. Of, of, of the motor. The Corvette. motor. That's the new Corvette engine. That's okay. the new Corvette this engine. Whole, this whole thing on the front is the dry sump tank. Yeah, okay, that's fair. So we, when you were out of the room, we talked about the rear of the car some more. And one of the things I don't like about it is the exhaust is on the far corner. Yeah. Of the of the rear bumper, mm-hmm. and I do not like that. Okay. I prefer. I would think I would prefer them to be in the middle. Well, they weren't always in the middle. No, the, but it looks good on, on recent cars. On this rear end, I would prefer. I think it would be cool to have four, you know, mm-hmm. four tips in the, in the center there. I think it would look good on that car. But I am okay. If you go back to the engine picture. Which is great audio, but whatever. That engine, yeah. the the manifold comes out of the motor and then goes up. Yeah, it goes up potentially over the wheel arches, so I get it. But then down and out, like that just seems. The, well, there's the, probably the a transmission muffler, in the middle. The, right? mu- the, the muffler, the whatever. muffler is a large piece that sits directly underneath the trunk, the bottom of the trunk. It's and one I, muffler. I believe it's one. It's one big square muffler. We're speculating completely here. At this no, point. I've seen a picture. I just can't. Really? I don't know where I saw it. I've I've, I've spent a lot of time at work today looking okay. at something like this. But um, yeah, it's it's it goes into one muffler that's underneath the trunk, and then it comes out the sides. Mm. I believe at okay. least it looks like that on the picture. If that is the case, then like we were talking about earlier, then they are not saving room necessarily for the cargo space. Then unless. Unless they would exit like down here at the bottom of the diffuser, if you try to do that, unless you had them like come up. I mean, I guess I don't know. The trunk comes down to like there. If at all possible, I would bet you that somebody would make a body kit and a co- exhaust system that would. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. Make it center exit. I'm sure. It was just something weird. It'll probably be. Of all the things with this with this rear down. end, the exhaust placement is my least concern okay fair I, i'm being pedantic i will give you that it just but means my, my my concern is it needs you know, to not look as much like a camaro well but also <laughs> now that i'm looking at it even more closely with those those grill things mm-hmm. it kind of looks like a fit i know that's what i'm saying a lot of like modern cars fit. especially hondas have those fake grills in the back but i'm sure on this car they're like brake or like oh, yeah, wheel well pressure yes. relief. Yeah, 100%. But, but like here is, a, um, Corey, a uh, current generation Honda Fit for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess. This is my favorite comment. The Civic, about the the Civic uh, SI might be a more... Egregious? Well, sure, I guess, if you have a dictionary on hand. It, might, it offends worse in that area? No, I would say that, that it was more similar to a Honda Civic type... R. I oh. excuse me, S I. Yeah. In the manner of the the large grill things is what I mean. The new and the, the new Honda Civic. The, the facelifted fit ones. has smaller ones. My wife's fit has large ones. You're okay. Yes. Yeah. Pre twenty eighteen, nineteen. They had really obnoxious fake yeah. grills in the back. Okay. But this is my favorite comment about the fact that the exhaust manifolds go up. It says. I see those headers and I say, why in the Sam Hill don't the exhaust exit through the hatch, you cowards? <laughs> <laughs> like a Porsche 918. That would be so rad. But also, I Put mean... more air over the rear diffuser. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that is the perfect setup for a turbo. Uh-huh. A yeah. twin turbo. Like Absolutely. A non-sequential twin turbo be, system. Give it six months. We're gonna oh, dude. They're gonna, no, they're going to be available by the time this car hits the market. Like tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Is that? That's one of the radiators. Is Oh, okay. That's, that's the front of the this car. The front, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was a control arm mounted to a transmission. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, so GM has put out a whole like series of videos about the C8 already on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And like apparently the development of the trans... They've been developing this car since the C6 ended. You mentioned that. The transmission alone has taken that long to develop, along with the rest of the car. So it is no longer a 4L60. No, it's a, it's a bespoke dual clutch. Not even. Yeah. A, all right. So yeah. All right. Let's talk about the fact that it's no longer even available with the manual transmission because that hurts me a little bit. It does a little bit, but I get it. I mean, I do too. But like, they were one of the last ones. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It. I respected that a lot. It is a shame. However. 
even the dual clutch is now out of like the the dual clutch as a as a system is now like out of favor with the exotic community. They have gone back to like regular the ZF the ZF eight speed automatic with proper tuning on it is. BMWs have done that specifically. Yeah. They went to a dual clutch and it was worse than a well tuned ZF eight speed. Mm-hmm. So like a, an automatically shifting manual transmission is that what you're saying? No, BMW went from that stupid. It was a manual transmission with basically a robot doing the shifting. Yeah, 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 yeah. To a dual clutch automatic. An automatic, but a dual clutch, not a. So there are no convert. gears. There are clutches. There's gear. Do you not know how a dual no, clutch transmission? Works? I know exactly how. It, well, but what I'm saying is, is it a automatically shifted manual transmission in which there are no clutches inside the transmission? There's. Or is d- it an automatic transmission in which there are clutches inside the transmission? It, there's another type of transmission that's a dual clutch transmission where there are two clutches inside the transmission. Yes, but that's no. That's that's that would take the place of like a regular torque converter or a clutch, like a flywheel and there's, clutch. There's there's two gear shafts. One has odd number gears, one has even number gears, and each of those shafts has an individual right. clutch on it. Right. So that it's not like a torque converter with a valve body and all the clutch packs inside of it. It's right. Not yeah. The same. Right. So that I would consider that to be like I mean, it still for, functions as an automatic. If you, you can yes, put it in an automatic mode, but even like a Ford something. Focus has that. Yes, but it's very bad. Right. But what I'm saying is, like, the way that I would classify that transmission would be an automatically shifted manual transmission but for the sake of simplicity. But it doesn't only. function the same way as a manual I understand transmission. that. So it's not a good way to... But think. it has gears inside instead of clutches yeah. inside it, mm-hmm. which makes it better in every way, which means it's not except, an automatic transmission. Except BMW's experience... The BMW's have well, gone from... Hold on. Let no, me finish. BMWs have gone from their literally a manual transmission with a robot shifting the shifter to a dual clutch automatic transmission back to a torque converter traditional automatic transmission because the ZF 8-speed with proper programming is better than their dual clutches. Which well, is that what, just speaks to the quality of BMW technology, in my opinion. ZF is making the transmissions that are going in like Aston mm. Martins, BMWs. The current Corvette has a ZFA speed with really bad programming in it, apparently. <laughs> um, but like, it's an excellent transmission that shifts as fast as a dual clutch, but with none of the drawbacks of a dual clutch that has really harsh start-stop mm-hmm. Conditions. The, all the dual clutches have really harsh start stop, yeah. and they wear out so fast. Yes. And they're heavy yeah. Yeah. and expensive. Yes. But regardless, this has a dual clutch, not a ZF8. Okay. So, so for like a for a while, like exotic cars, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, you know, all stuff like that, have went to dual clutch, and now they have gone back to tradi- traditional automatic. automatic transmission because they are better in basically every way. Yeah, oh, now with proper well. with proper programming, yes, yes, yes. they Oof. shift. They are they so are fast. faster. They are smoother. They every, they, they are last, more reliable. Still, they last longer. It's still literally a fan blowing fluid at another. Yes. except there's a clutch inside of it now. They've always had clutches. They've I know, always, but it's more. It's more. It's not as. It's not a slush box. Anymore. My my point is my point being, we have a new, a, a, the brand new 2020 Corvette. Has it's old technology. Has now quote old technology in it. Okay. So is the transmission going to be the weak point? I don't think so. We don't know. Well, PD, think of it this way: PDK, Porsche's Donald dual Club clutch, Donald Kaplunkestrima. Yeah. Porsche's dual clutch is like the magical unicorn of dual clutches because it can take double the horsepower that it comes from from the factory and not blow up. And it they they can you can literally launch a nine eleven with a PDK like thousands of times at a full drag mm. start without blowing up the transmission. It'll just do it. Is that not true of every Volkswagen? I feel like Volkswagen really 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 overbuilds their transmissions. Well, Volkswagen has the DSG, which is well, okay. Volkswagen. All right, so manual transmissions. Oh, I don't know. No, okay. Well, but what? my point is, I, I feel like Volkswagen overbuilds their manual transmissions. Is that not true? Oh, it's possible. But the the DSG is a great transmission. Yes. The PDK. Well, the, 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 the Volkswagen's DSG, DSG yeah. is a good transmission. But is it? Yes. yes. 
But Por- Porsche's PDK is like the the greatest transmission on earth right now. Okay. And it's a dual clutch, so I would I disagree that it's that dual clutches are old tech per se. Okay. But it's hard to make a really good one, and Porsche seems to have nailed it. So it remains to be seen how good this Corvette one is, especially at a sixty thousand dollar price point. We'll see. What I'm really interested in is are they going to make this transaxle available as a crate? part <laughs> because can you imagine like because right now if you want to do like a mid-engine v8 kit car you have to use a porsche transaxle and flip the thing upside down mm. and do all kinds of weird stuff no yes no like the 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 factory okay. 5 gtm that uses an ls motor uses a porsche transaxle flipped upside down with a bell house why wouldn't you use the corvette transaxle be- because it doesn't, it doesn't fit the same way that's the same that's not them. it's totally different totally different thing there's not an adapter it it it's they don't work in the same way. There are different things. Uh, I, the, the, I, the Corvette transaxle and the like, similarly to like a front engine Porsche's rear transaxle or a GTR's rear transaxle, is different than a mid engine car's or a Porsche's. Well, I mean, yes, obviously I understand that, but is there not an adapter that you can get that would not allow that anyone has ever up? made? You just use a Porsche really? transmission, yes, because it's better, I guess. I don't know. Ha. For packing. But why though? What? For I guess the way the way it, it lays it out That seems the like it would be so basically simple to me. Like I mean, Corvette transmissions are available in just America. Like, you're They're saying just like get rid of the torque tube and the voltage. Right, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like cuz Porsche used Porsche transmissions are widely available. Yeah. Really? They're yeah. expensive because like, because know. people front end because crash of snap oversteer because people front end crash a Porsche it's garbage and then they scrap the rear mm-hmm. the okay. whole there are, there are entire companies that but exist parting out and that's a, that's how you build like a factory five GTM or any other mid engine LS powered kit car the GTM wait what's the GTM the oh, GTM wait. looks like a Ford GT kind of oh yeah that's the one with the super engine no that's the factory five five one eight. Eight one eight. Eight one eight. Yes. Oh, all right. The GTM looks like a Ford GT kinda, but okay. it's built using Corvette parts, a Corvette engine, and an upside down Porsche transaxle, which is weird. But that's how they do it. So now, if you could get like the crate GM C8 Corvette mid-engine transaxle thing. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that before. There's been one to Cars and Coffee a couple times. Yeah, Cars and Coffee. I probably mistook it for a Noble. Car, Cars and Coffee at Williamsburg uh, when we used to go down there. Mm-hmm. Guy showed I up went all the one time. time. Okay. Well, There's, I, I remember one showing up in Innsbruck one time as well. Mm-hmm. But I never went to the Innsbruck Cars and Coffee. My, my point is that would make, like, say you wanted to do a rear tube frame MR2 with an LS swap. Now you got a transmission that'll just slot right. Yeah, in. sure, but it's going to be an automatic. Are you okay with that? If it's good. Yeah. So, one of the arguments that I've seen against Chevrolet making a rear engine car was that Chevrolet doesn't know how to make a rear engine car. And then I had to remind people of the Fiero, which but, outperformed the Corvette, which literally year, they Fiero. had to stop making because it was better yeah. than the Corvette. Yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. I made that internet argument to a couple of people yeah. the other day. Uh, yeah, the this 80, morning actually. The eighty eight Fiero was way better than the C four Corvette at the time. Which, all right, let's face it, the C four Corvette had been around for some time, and the eighty eight Pontiac C4 Fiero. Come out? Let's find this out. The 88 Pontiac Fiero was brand new, basically, for 88, because it was completely different. The like whole rear suspension was... was the first year of the Fiero. Right, but the 88 was completely different. It was a brand new Fiero. Yeah. Besides were... the body that was on it, everything was different. Yeah, they completely redesigned the suspension. And so like the, the C4 subframes. Corvette came out in 84, which is the same year as the Fiero. Okay. When the C4 came out, it had that god-awful 200-horsepower engine. Yeah, the um, direct port. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel like by that time it had gotten a better motor. Throttle body. By then, well, got, by eighty eight certainly. By eighty eight, got like yeah. the TBI yeah. motor, which yeah. was better, not good, but better. It was but still the, the Fiero, the eighty eight Fiero GT would have whooped a C four Corvette if they gave it just a little bit more massaging. It still did outperform the Corvette on the skid pad. Oh, did in it? every aspect. Mid mid engine cars are good. 
They're good. I'm just saying. They're good. It's yep. a good look. Um, but also, the original Pontiac Fiero was not really an in-house design. I mean, like it was it was designed by GM, obviously, but it was like, designed by a very small group of really exactly. dedicated engineers. It's like what the Ford, the current Ford GT, is. Yeah, it was where like, like, like people did it independently. Project. Yeah, yeah, of the actual manufacturer. So then they had to, they literally had to use what they had. So they, I think it was Illumina or, um. What was the what was Chevette? It? it was a Chevette. No, it wasn't a Chevette. They had they had to use the front engine, the front the front subframe. suspension. The front subframe was from a Chevette. Was it? Yes. No, on the yeah, but I'm saying for the rear of the Pontiac Fiero, they had to use the front suspension oh. of something else, and I want to say it was like the Lumina, or maybe something similar. I'm not sure at that point. Um, maybe... Because of where the like the engine had to bolt up the same way yeah. in like a transverse. Was it? This is really, really random and obscure. Wasn't the Lumina like the NASCAR pace car for a while or it something was, like yes. that? The Lumina was the NASCAR car for that Chevrolet provided reason. for a long time. It was very actually in what the eighties, the early night actually. <laughs> the Lumina was a decent ass car, man. It was for what it, for was, what it, was, it was. It was okay. It was fine. It had a decent aerodynamic, uh, like airflow. Like it was. I mean, it was pointy and it was narrow in the front. No, it was good, man. It was. It, it was, was terrible, but it, it was, was good. It was certainly pointy. It was a good. It was on the better side of terrible okay. than say. Okay. It looks like if I could tuck the tires up into the wheel wells, I could drive it into a lake and use it as a boat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I had one for a while. I will say only that when I was working at Chevrolet, more than half of the technicians that worked there owned Luminas. They didn't break very often. No. They, they ran good. terribly for forever. That is how a lot of old GM cars... That is literally how all GM cars... They, they run great for a bit, and then they run terrible for a forever. really long literally time. Literally the rest of forever. As opposed to Fords, which run okay and then die. Or it's Dodges, nice. which never run yeah. ever. What are you saying, Corey? So we've—I think I've brought this up before on the podcast, but um, would you say that the Lumina has reached the Maryland flag effect? The what? Okay, so the Maryland flag. Do you know the Maryland flag? No. Okay. It's it's All right. this flag. This flag right here. Okay, okay this is yes, good audio. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So so it looks kind of like the Porsche emblem, sort of. Okay. No. Okay. Mind. Okay. <laughs> so uh, broken up into four squares. Uh, the top left and bottom right square are a cross-hatched yellow, yellow and black pattern. The lower left and upper right squares are a weirdly inverted color red cross of some sort. Google hits for the Maryland state flag just quadrupled. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because of the this four podcast. people that are listening yeah. to it just Google it. <laughs> Fans of the Hello Internet podcast know what I'm talking about. Anyways, I know neither of you know what that podcast is, but it's amazing. Anyways, okay. can we um, get to a point? Somewhere? Yes. So, so the Maryland flag is not a good flag. Okay. No. But it's so bad of a flag that it now wraps around the circle and becomes a good flag. So it's ironic, is what you're so saying. So it's it. So the Maryland flag effect it's, is is a. Uh, uh, so it's like a, a movie that's so bad it's good. Coined it's after Maryland, Maryland State flag being so butt ugly that it's beautiful. Okay? <laughs> when something is so bad that it's frighteningly good. Okay. Okay. It's it's terrible for flag design. If you actually study vexillology. Yes, which, I will study flag design. Which that's is a real thing. thing that people get paid to do. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm a nerd. Okay. okay. Uh, shut up. We are reaching... Shut up. up. Okay. This is... This is... This is... This my point being... All right. My point being... We subverted some Has the Lumina reached the Maryland flag point? Is it so bad... I would say that... That it comes the, back around... I would say that seven years ago it had. At this point, no. It's, the, it's out of style. Was it the sure. Z31 was the, air quotes, mm -hmm. performance version? Was that the Z31 Lumina? Or the, Z the Z31 is a 300ZX. Z31. You're talking about the Z71? Is it a Z7? I thought it was a Z31 because it was a 3.1 liter V6. I have to pin again. No, the performance Lumina was like a 2.4 V6. It was a dual overhead Z34 cam. is what it's called. Z34. Yes. I would say that that car has reached the like Radwood kind of ironically cool. Yeah. It's still a piece of 
But it, at least it has a twin cam motor, I guess. I don't know. I had a base model Lumina, and while it was relatively reli- reliable, it was not what I would call a good car. So, for people wanting to know more about flags, <laughs> oh my! Roman Roman Mars uh, did a um, did a uh, TED talk about flags. It's very excellent. Uh, Roman Mars of ninety nine percent invisible. He has one of the greatest podcast voices I've ever heard. Mm. It's beautiful. Anyways, the Lumina. <laughs> I, I really wanted to start talking about the, the C6's interior. because C8? That's, you keep saying C6. Why do I keep saying C6? I don't know, but it's the C8 interior. The new mid-engine... Uh, the mid-engine, 2020 Corvette. Yes, the new Corvette has an interior design that seems to be de- quite divisive. A lot of people really hate it. A I know. A lot of people don't mind it. I don't, I'm curious to see where you guys land because this is, this is what seems to be really driving the division. Yeah. Is the the divider between the driver and the passenger is basically a wall that the top of which is all buttons, and a lot of people hate it. I kind of like it because I like buttons in a car as opposed to integrating everything into a touchscreen. Yeah, yes. touchscreen shit sucks. So I'm curious to or see soft what, touch or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, I'm curious to see what y'all think. I really like how this. I hate touchscreens in cars in general, but as for the one in the C8. At least it's like kind of looks like it's tilted toward the driver and it's like driver centric, which mm-hmm. I kind of dig. Yeah. But I'm curious to see what you guys think because a lot of people hate this. While we talk about it, would you Google a picture of the uh, Gen 4 Supra interior? Yes. Uh, Mark Four, excuse yeah. me. Well, so, me. but like in that aspect, I mean, along the same lines, yeah. the late 90s, everything had that. What you're talking about yeah. with the driver centric cockpit. Yeah. I think that's. I think, I'm a. Big fan. Yeah, one hundred percent. Driver center. Uh, the three hundred G, uh, three thousand GT. Excuse me. The yeah. Mitsubishi three thousand GT, in my opinion, is even better than the Mark IV Supra. Okay. I'm gonna Google that. The uh, I, that I, I mean, see. even like the center console AC vents. There are three of them, all point right at the driver. I'm a big fan because it it really, like. Oh, it is definitely not more driver centric than the Supra. I would say that it is. It is much more. Okay, but see, all those gauges are literally pointed. There, you can't. This pic, this is a bad picture because it's taken from the rear seat. But the gauges that are there are literally pointed directly. Right, at the but driver. the whole center console is quite middle, whereas the in the Mark IV, the but entire it's thing sweeps towards the. A better example is the NSX. Actually, I think. All right, because I've totally sat on one of those. So, I uh, I like it. I mm, mm, let me back up. I like the driver centric nature of it. I think the steering wheel looks weird in the, oh, the C8, Corvette in the C8. Yeah, I think the steering wheel looks weird. Um, it is odd that mm. they put all of the buttons in That's a row. Mm. Um, I, if I ever get the opportunity to sit in one, I will run my finger down the entire <laughs> length of all of the buttons. Um, I do like that it's not all on the steering wheel like a Ferrari, though. Sure, sure, I get you, I get you. Um, just. It's it seems like they're building a car for drivers, and that's mm-hmm. what the, that's what the Corvette has been about. Yeah. So who cares about the passenger and the wall that they're behind? Yeah. F- them, right. Who cares about your wife and her hair? You know, like. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I don't know. How many times do you have a passenger as a Corvette driver? I don't know. I'm trying to pull up a picture of the 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 start stop like the the transmission control buttons in the C8 because they're really cool, but I'm really having a hard time with this so please keep talking about something else going back to what you guys were talking about before I walked out just a second ago were you talking about the Z24 Lumina it was a Z34 Lumina it's a twin cam 3.4 liter right chain motor yes yeah that was the performance Lumina right at the time it was a Z34 and a Z24 you sure about that yes Google says so okay the reason that was the oh god damn it the somewhat ironic, cool. Wow, that is a nice high res picture. Thank you, whatever piece of shit website this is. I mean, you gotta you gotta realize that so, like all of these were taken in an airplane hangar from you know. I mean, it was dark. The, it was the, late. I watched the entire series of YouTube videos that GM put out for this stupid car. Hmm. The so the the transmission control buttons are. To put it in drive, you pull a lever back 
And then it, they said, I forgot where I was going with this. My train of thought is gone. But we're talking about, like, the tactility of everything inside the interior, how driver focused it is. Like, mm-hmm. all of the, the transmission control buttons, you rest your hand on this little pedestal. And then there's like a button there you pull. It's not even a button. It's like a, a lever you pull back to put it into drive. Or you push a button to put it into start, into neutral. And you push no. this thing forward to put it into reverse. This thing here, you flip forward to put it into reverse. It's they, were, like, they were explicit about the fact that when you pull both shift levers, it goes into neutral. No matter what speed you're at, no matter what gear you're in. That button right there is also neutral. And then park is up there. Really? Yeah. Okay. I've seen it. The thing that... Uh, the car, I think it was car and driver made like a huge deal about the fact that like yes it's an automatic but no matter what you do in any gear at any speed if you pull both gear shift levers on the side of the steering wheel towards you it will automatically shift into neutral so you can rev and uh uh what do you call it neutral drop to your heart's content jesus yeah Because that was that was like the one that was like the redeeming feature apparently for I, I think it was car and driver it might have been Jalopnik I don't that, remember that Jalopnik's con- put out a ton of articles today on this thing that control system you're just you just had that picture of reminds me of the uh, NES power glove yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fair uh, I'm gonna find um, I'm gonna find this YouTube series I would like to compare the Corvette to the Supra okay because they're both. I almost did that in that list of comparisons yeah. I did earlier, but I decided it was not a good no, comparison. You cannot. The new Supra. Yeah, yeah, well, obviously. The sure. BMW okay, I just, I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah. I saw a Z4 in, C- in Cincinnati. Okay. I was next to me on the highway for a, a few minutes. Okay. It looked real good. Okay. It looked real, real good. You saw a Supra? I, no, a Z4. no, Z4. Oh, I'm sorry. The same thing. Same, same. Uh, close but enough. different. It is same same. But that front that front grill is like ninety five feet wide and it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, I just I I just like they're okay. So they're both um large steps, right? For each manufacturer, right? I guess sure. The Supra is like totally new. It's a relaunch kind of thing. It was highly anticipated. The Corvette's kind of been around for a while or whatever, so the new generation was kind of like, okay, whatever. I think people were building up the Super in their minds because of what, like how long it's been gone. It was mm-hmm. 98 or 99 was the last year for the fourth gen Super, right? I was going to ask in you that question. In this country, it was up till into the 2000s. That Was it? Yeah. So here, in Japan? Yeah, I'm sorry to derail this. This is the, the shift selector setup on the C8 Corvette. You flip this switch forward for reverse, button for neutral, pull this one towards you for drive. But like all of these, they, in this video that I'm currently referencing, the action of those switches is very heavy and very notchy. So they, it's like something that... Like, you know how on a Lamborghini to start it, you flip the thing up and push the button. Like, yeah, like totally. I've done jet. that a thousand times. Okay. How do you... Kn- you know what I'm talking about. I know about. what you're talking how about. How do you know what he's talking about? Because he's been on the internet before. Yeah, okay, whatever. So, I on spend a, on my a, free time Googling yeah. Lamborghini startup sequences, I guess. So, but like the, the action of pulling each one of the... Activating each one of those switches is very positive and like... They, they equate it in this video, which is kind of dumb, to pulling a, sh- a parachute... Okay. Switch. Well, I was gonna say it's like pulling the the on off power station lever in an action movie. I could see that. Like nuclear <laughs> reactor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've thrown a switch like that. Have you? Is it? Awful? Is it? Is it, great. Is it as good it's as I imagine? Just as good as you imagine. <laughs> oh. Well, now I'm just jealous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's the here's the how the roof fits into the trunk, which is great audio for the. Yeah, see, it fits vertically into the rear trunk. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Yeah. Soft closed trunk. Mm-hmm. What a great car. What a good looking car. For 60 grand, I'm man. You. That's it's crazy. Like, every- I don't. Here's something that I don't like about it, though. Back up two seconds. Look how high the rear end is compared to the front. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. I, I, it's because I, the motor's back there. I, yeah, think but- it's, I think the exhaust from the motor goes higher than the, like, the top. So of the why does the rear need to be three inches higher off the ground than the front? Oh, oh, you oh the from fall. wheel gap? No, yeah, I'm, ta- no I'm, not talking about, I'm not even talking about wheel gap. I'm talking about, talking the, about side the side skirts. The, the rear body line. I, I've seen a couple pictures of not this red press car, but, like, some other cars that they had yeah. 
for the press photos, the rear wheel gap was like yeah. super yeah. intense. I, also I don't saw know, that. I don't know what that's all about. Well, that's because of the re- the magnetic suspension. I think I'm hoping because they also I've suspension. also seen pictures of the camouflaged race car, Ooh. and the race car has side skirts that touch the ground. And they're literally like, I mean, eight or nine inches tall in the rear to make up for that gap um, just between the ground and the rear and the, and the body in the rear. It reminds me of like the last generation Dodge Neon where it had almost like stadium seating. Right? Yeah, where it, was, had, it had a crazy The nose down, seat. yeah, it just had so much rake and it didn't make sense. It was ugly. That ruined the yeah. car for me. Yeah. I, I would, oh, yeah. Can, you, can you find a true side profile picture? Yeah. Um, I do still I, want to talk about the Supra versus the Corvette at yeah. some point. No, we'll, we'll we'll get back to that in just a second. I just want to I want to posit something as soon as I see this picture. So okay, that doesn't look as rakey. I mean, it's but it is though. I mean, it, it is. It, there is there is some rake, but I would I would think that imagine that 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 lower body line, the, the very floor of the car, was completely parallel to the ground. It would make the rear look even taller yeah. than it actually is. And there are some angles, this angle in particular, from above the rear end of the car, makes that rear end look super long. Yeah. Like like NSX long. Yeah. Oh, one of the fun technical tidbits about this car, the rear bumper reinforcement bar, like the crash bar behind the rear bumper cover, is like was one of the most difficult parts to engineer for the car. It is carbon fiber. Interesting. Yeah. It is, it is like a crazy. They had to like make the carbon go in a certain way to mm-hmm. get the properties they needed. Yeah. And that was one of the more difficult aspects on the car. Interesting. Because right. they wanted it to be light because it had so much rear overhang. Mm, yeah. Tell That's me fair. about the Supra up here. Well, first of all, I wanted to show you guys this picture, which is, again, is great audio of oh. the C8. This is the race car. The, oh, the, oh yeah. is that the test mule for the race the car? The Grand Prix race car. Mm, yeah. Look at the how. Thick yeah. the side skirt is in the rear versus yeah. the front. Mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah. I got you. But but again, I just that don't... makes that section of the car right in front of the rear. Oh wheel yeah, looks so lot, tall. Look but I, I agree with you. I, but I why think... is the rake that bad? I understand. I, I understand. I, do, I don't know. I think that looks better. Um, I don't have an answer for you. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's what I want to know. I just want to know why they thought that that was necessary. Yeah. So again, the Supra was heavily built up in people's minds because it was well. I mean, it wasn't really that good of a car when it came out, but no. because of like things like Fast and Furious, it Everyone became Everyone saw videos on YouTube of 1,000-horsepower yeah. supers yeah. and like, oh, it needs to come out with 1,000 horsepower while they forget that it had 300 from the right. factory. So Toyota did what it did, and I don't particularly love the Supra. I think that it's okay. I wish that it wasn't a BMW, but it's I'd never fine. be able to afford it anyways, so who cares? It's We've fine. talked about this in the past. Yeah. And Those were but our first episodes. But yeah. now, but now, oh, by the way, uh, Daigo Satimo, I think it was. Daigo Saito? Sa- Sa- what did I say? I think it's Saito. You said yeah. Saitimo. Oh, whatever. I'm drunk. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. We're all drunk. It's okay. I'm drinking tequila. We're, we're, anyways. We're, we're, the drift, the drift car. Yes. It's the first drift uh, Mark 5. new Supra is done it is drifting and it has the classic HKS green, purple, and yellow like livery, the one that I just showed yeah. you a minute oh, ago, yeah. uh-huh. it has the same exact livery on it and uh, it's all tube chassis and it's fantastic I think it's 2JZ swapped um, it's brilliant, it looks so good and uh, it's, it's just beautiful uh, okay, that's not the one what is that, Sunoco? I just typed in Diego Saito Super. Oh, that's maybe that's not like. his then. Um, Those are some green wheels. They are very green, for sure. Um, so we, we talked about this in the in the past a uh, couple episodes ago, but the the new Supra, like, because I, I brought up the question, it was, the, as, oh. as I remember it, the Supra was yeah, I got it. a... Um, was like they they did technological things. Toyota did technological things in the Supra that they didn't do in other cars. Like they it was like in in the in the third gen Supra they had the like crazy body mm. modification. 
body adjustable suspension yeah yeah, yeah, which actually was also in the Cressida which was based on the Super yeah the third gen Super wasn't actually the first car to have that but they they refined it for that but they did that kind of thing in the Supra right and did they and I don't remember the answer to this question I asked it then I don't remember now but did they do stuff like that in the fourth gen Supra and that's what I remember Um, the answer being I mean besides the fact that the twin turbo engine was all new other than other than a slightly updated engine slightly did I they mean, put from a 1J to a 2J. Which is drastic. Okay, but like the entire rest of the The car, difference is like 80 horsepower, isn't it? That's fine, but it was not like a technological space... You said you made this comparison. I've listened to this episode multiple times. Okay. The third gen, when it came out, was a spaceship. Yes. Because it had so much revolutionary technology packed into it. The fourth gen was not. It just had a party piece of an engine. Yeah. And that's all that made the car special. That's fair. Really. A, but phenomenal, again, a phenomenal engine. But that's it. That was it. That yeah. was so it. are they doing that in the new the new Super, the BMW Super? Oh, no. No. Exactly. It's no. a much more well-rounded package. Exactly. Yeah. I would argue that the Corvette does do that. Yes. yes. Oh, I agree. Right. That's right. what I'm trying to bring up. Right. I think the Corvette, the new Corvette is... What we wanted from the new Supra, sure, right? It's yeah. it's drastic. It's amazing. Yeah. It's shocking, um, especially I, at the price point. Right, yeah. and, and the, the Supra. How much does the Supra cost? The Supra starts at fifty. Okay, so we for the have, same money, which is ten grand more than is, anybody wanted it to be. Yeah, well, which I, well, I mean, well, even or, or fifty grand less like. than anybody wanted it. To be. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I give both sides of the coin. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's it's. If you're if you're shopping in the fifty grand ish market, and you spend twenty five percent more, yeah, to get a, a car that is like that is actually mind blowing eight billion percent more awesome in yeah. a C eight Corvette, yeah. Who is gonna buy a Supra? I'm telling you, nobody's gonna buy a Supra. Everybody's gonna buy a Corvette, and the Supra is gonna crash. And Toyota's never gonna make a sports car again. And I'm just gonna be a except for the person. EV MR two. <laughs> God, Ugh. man, I don't. I hope that that's not true. I honestly, truthfully hope that that's not a real thing, because that would be so tragic. Really, like I'm all for a new MR2. I'm not even opposed to it being a hybrid, but it has to be good, and I know it's not gonna be good. Yeah, because it's Toyota and they suck now. Well, they make great dishwashers. Well. <laughs> Yeah, appliances, really. Yeah, they make perfect appliances. And they can't make a sports car without someone else holding their hand. Or doing it for them completely. Yeah. In the case of... The Supra. The Supra. Yeah. It's a shame. I I just... I, I'm, I'm sort this, of this mad, also... honestly, that the Supra and the Corvette are coming out-ish at the same time. Same and holiday. one of them is such a major letdown, despite what it was supposed to be. And one of them is... Uh, again, mind blowing in every way. Contingent to what everybody assumed that it would be, right? Yeah. So what's it? What's crazy is that it has all of the things that everyone expected it to have. Like everyone was expecting it to be like crazy performance, amazing yeah. chassis, cool engine. But nobody expected looks. to be able to afford it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Which is like, what I'm saying. This that... this car is like everything everyone was expecting, but at half the mm-hmm. price. Well, Whereas yeah, the Supra okay, was. Not at all what no. anyone was expecting at more than more what they than, wanted to pay. Yeah, or I mean, the price isn't no. the problem. It's the performance per dollar is yeah. the problem. But people wanted a forty thousand dollars sports car. Yeah, you know they wanted they wanted the BRZ. They wanted um a they wanted a, BRZ. They wanted the sports car that Toyota promised us when they sold us the BRZ, right? Yeah. yeah. And Which is just the Super is not that car. Basically, well. But even less better than the yeah. new Miata. Yeah, the so, new Miata is better. The new Miata is fantastic. It has less storage space. But that's I it. want one. I, who cares? I saw an article. I did not read it because I was busy at work. But I saw. I scrolled past an article yesterday. I think it was that was comparing the 2019 Miata, the new Miata, to the like to the S2 or whatever. Um, 2000, S2000. Oh, the AP, oh AP2. The, yeah, AP2. AP2, yeah, yeah. excuse me, yeah. AP2, S2000. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
That would be an interesting like like yeah. compare. It was like the title was called like a comparison across the decades or something like that. Okay. Or like roadsters across the decades. I wish that I had read it. I should. I think it was Car and Driver. I should go pull it up. But that would the, be the S two thousand still has more power, but it weighs a lot more. Does it? No, it doesn't. Really? Yeah. S two thousands are like despite 20- all the safety features that the Miata has to have. The new Miata is twenty three hundred pounds. No. The S2000 yes. is 2,800 pounds. That's less than an NB. The new Miata is as light as an NA. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah. That's My mouth is open. The, the, the hard top adds like 500 pounds. They're attractive. Okay, well, time. you're right. Okay. But like... Wow. It's a yeah. very light car. Does, I mean, even with the... Because it's what, 170 horsepower now? I think the 2019 when they added the rev up motor, now mm-hmm. it revs to 7,500 RPM instead of like 6,800 RPM. It's it's like 180, 190 yeah. horsepower or something like that. Man. Um, two liter. It's, it's a great car. Like 181 horsepower. Yeah. Wow. And it, it's, a, it's amazing. Like I want one. Oh, not more so than me. Bad. Not more than me. <laughs> and they're really pretty. They're yeah, really so what's pretty. what I'm saying? <laughs> so pretty. Oh, I have. A, where's my phone? They do look weird with a soft top. That hard top is so. Sexy. The hard top. Well, I don't know. I I when the soft top is down, True. they look great. Yeah, yeah. Which is the only way to drive. Well, of course. Um, I was in a I was in a lab the other day working, and out the window in front of where I was working <laughs> was like a set of like parallel parking spots. You know, like designated parking spots, but parallel. Um, and it was a, a white new Miata mm. and a smart car, like, <laughs> like, like nose to tail. And that's got to be the only car that makes the Miata look small or makes the Miata look big. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, like, have the, you, the you smart seen... car was like, doink, like pulled in like the super hard <laughs> angle, but it still fit in the barrel. <laughs> have, you, have you ever seen a Honda Beat? Yeah. yeah, they yeah. Make Miata no, the big. smart is still shorter wheelbase than the Honda Beat. The, um, I, the, I, I have seen smart cars parked. Like to long spot. ways, quote unquote, in a parking space. Yeah, yeah. So like where normal cars would pull in, it can be parallel parked. Came, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like sideways in that same parking space, which I guess is the point of the smart car. Yeah, but it's a great city car. It's okay. Um, I'd have a Scion IQ over one because it will run. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Okay. Because the, that Mercedes motor. It's a Yamaha, I'll, isn't it? No, it's a Mercedes engine. In the smart car? Yes. I thought it was a motorcycle engine. It's a Mercedes design, whatever it is, okay. but it's bad. The okay. uh, I was reading um, an article today where it said like the 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 owners who are most likely to trade in their car for the same brand. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the the Subaru owners are the most likely of anyone oh. to trade in their car on a new. If they have a Subaru, they trade it in on another Subaru. Mm-hmm. That they're most likely to do that. Brand to loyalty. Yeah. Yep. Smart is the worst. Okay. <laughs> you buy a smart car, you say um, F- this, and you buy something else. Do you know that for the first time this year, Subaru is not number one in brand loyalty? Really? Yep. Well, th- um, then this article is out of date. What is the current most brand loyal car? Ford. Why? Because for the first time, well, not for the first time, but like. The the Ford F one fifty is better selling now more than ever. Really? So like, which is the best selling car ever? Still, if I'm not mistaken, best selling vehicle. Best selling vehicle. Well, yeah, sorry, ever. Overall, all vehicles yeah. ever in the world. Yeah. Ford F one fifty. Yeah. Or F series. Or at least sure. at least in the United States. I don't know about ever. globally. Ever. I'm pretty ever. sure it's ever. ever globally. Ever. Okay. Most. I mean, but, a huge contingent of that due to fleet sales, but still. Okay. But for also the first time in a long time, Chevrolet is not number two in truck sales because the new Chevrolet Silverado, first of all, is ugly as sin. It, it looks is. so bad. It's bad. It is. It's real bad. Um, but I like the Colorado though, it's pretty. Okay. The smaller one. Yeah, I know. But the, also good. the Ford uh, Ranger. Ranger. Yes. Yeah. It's a much better truck in every way. Oh I God. saw an article the other day. Well, to continue what I was saying, though, uh, because because Chevrolet has been knocked down a peg and was replaced with the Ford truck, now Ford overall in sales is like the best-selling brand in all of the world or something like that, according to what I was told by the company that I currently work for. Interesting. So. I saw an article there. You were talking about the Colorado and the Ranger. Yep. There was an um, article about a gentleman 
who was tow. I think the Colorado is rated to tow something between thirty five hundred and five thousand pounds. Sure. Either way, he was towing a little pop up camper that weighed twenty five hundred pounds. So it was mm-hmm. under the limit. Yeah. He was on a dirt road, not doing anything crazy, going slow. The frame of the Colorado bent in half, like in twain. He's putting rope arrows in twain. And GM will not honor the warranty because they said he was towing something too heavy off-road. Really? Even though he was under the limit and he was not on crazy terrain. So if you want to tow something... Don't buy a Colorado. Well, even though they're pretty. But also, the Ford Ranger, the new one, has the Focus RS engine. Two point five turbo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So does the Mustang. Yep. Yeah. I wouldn't so, call that the Focus RS engine. I would call that the Focus ST engine with, because the RS had way more boost and stuff going on. Okay. Well. It's the same. But it's en- the same engine. It's an MZR. It's just different engine. tuning. Yeah. So. Actually, I think it's a 2.3. I have been in a Ranger, and I will say... Is it nice? It is. Mm-hmm. I am mad yeah. at myself mm-hmm. for saying so. I've, it's I've, not bad, man. I've been in recent Explorers. It's Okay, but... It's real nice. So all of the new Ford SUVs yeah. are fantastic. I was just in an Expedition, the big one, today. Excursion? No, they Do don't they make that make anymore. I think the biggest okay. one is the Expedition okay. now. And goddamn, right? Uh, I mean, it's just cush, dude. Like, yeah. it's it's not overly com- like. So I was also in a new Mercedes today, and there are like, there's too many buttons. There are too many things going on. It's bad. The expedition was simple. It was quiet. Mm-hmm. It was comfortable. It was a good place to be. Mm-hmm. Have you been in any new Lincolns yet? No. Mm-hmm. No. I've heard they're pretty they're pretty nice cars. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, I'd have to assume were... that whatever the Lincoln SUV is similar to the Ford Expedition Navigator. This was I, a I've seen a couple of edition Expedition or whatever the fancy one is. So. I've seen a couple of the new Continentals on the road. Mm-hmm. Those are nice looking cars. Okay. They're, they're slick looking. I, I like them quite a bit actually. I will just say that I didn't know that that was a car anymore. You can now get them. Uh, they oh. they sold like three hundred of them with optional suicide rear doors, and yes. a bunch of people paid way too much money for them. Yeah. And now they're making it an option on the next model year, is what I heard. <laughs> that's that's a bunch incredible. Of people just, a bunch of people just got screwed real hard on that one. A Ford or a bunch of loons. Yes, and I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So why is Ford the only American brand, quote-unquote, that is still making money? Because they were good before the bailout. Yeah. Okay. They were making a a good car before the bailout. And they made money before the bailout. They did not take any bailout They didn't take any bailout. No, I know that. But now, so like, Chevrolet basically had to discontinue the Camaro to be able to create this Corvette. Uh, No, they're still making the Camaro. No, not anymore. Not after this year. Are you sure? According to what they last said, unless that changed within the last few days, because the internet, because that makes if if the new Corvette was still front engined, I could understand that at this price point. Then they're competing with each other a little bit, but because the new Corvette is mid engine and kind of in a whole other class performance wise, why would you drop the Camaro, which is your like? Because it's not selling. Really? From what I understand. Um, and never. also you have all the Cadillacs now. I've absolutely never, okay. liked, never liked the Camaro. The article I'm seeing They're here bad. is Camaro being discontinued after 2023. So they've got oh, a okay. while to change their mind on that one. Last I read was 2020. So the, they extended that. To be this. fair. To, to be fair. fair. To be fair. To be fair. The current Camaro facelift looks like absolute dog ass. Mm. It's so ugly. That's only gonna last like a year it has because to. literally the internet community <laughs> just pounded GM it's with like so WTF, bad. bro. Nobody's gonna. That's why it's forced to redesign. No one's. It's like that. Wasn't there one year of Honda Civic where they brought out a new body style and they had to immediately redesign it for the next year because it was so bad? I think it was like 07 or 08. Was that they? It was so poorly received. They immediately facelifted it I'm for the sure. next model year. I don't know about that. I'm sorry. It's the same thing. Mm. It's like, 
Why would you put that? You had a committee because it's GM. Yeah. There was a committee mm-hmm. who a bunch of people looked at that and said, yeah, that looks good. All of those people should have their eyes put out. But also that Peugeot van. The Avant? No, uh, I know exactly what you're talking the about. The Panda? The ugliest car in, in existence. Um, I mean, people voted on that, right? It's French, whatever it is. But uh, the Top Gear hates it. Well, okay, Jeremy Clarkson and company hate it and have ragged on it. Because, it, I mean, it's actually terrible. That was the car that they um, no, put they all love, their moms in. They love that car. Are we, th- are we thinking? We might not be thinking about the same thing. Obviously, we're not thinking. We, about we the might same not be thing. thinking about the same thing. Fiat Multipla. It's not a Peugeot. It's a oh, Fiat. Okay. This thing. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's no. Okay. Yeah. No, that is the worst car. Ever. Is that not the one that they put all their moms in for that one episode? No, of I don't. I don't think so. Okay. That, that was like a Renault Aventime or something, which is a sweet looking thing. Aventime. That's ex- that's the oh. one that they did the Evo challenge, where they they had it. They bought a new Evo. Yeah. Sent it around the track. It was probably like an Evo 9 or something like that at the time. Sent it's it around the track. Glorious, glorious yes, vehicle. Yes, that's okay. an excellent looking vehicle. Uh, the whole, we're getting, all the windows rolled down for full pillarless. Oh, dang it. You ruined, you ruined the Corey's point. Continue. We'll edit that out. The Renault Aventine. They yeah. they bought a new Evo. I think it was an Evo 9 or whatever. Stop doing that. <laughs> That's an excellent picture. They they bought a new Evo. They sent it around the track. They recorded the lap time. Yeah. They took the amount that it cost to do that, bought an Aventime, and tried to upgrade it to the point that it would reach the same lap time. They didn't get there, but it's a hilarious episode of Top Gear because they like they're like they're having like this huge discussion about like we got to do this and we got to do this and we got to do this and they're like where do we start and they all take a breath and slow goes breaks and like he goes out and spends like three grand on this huge willwood brake set okay and then the wheels don't fit (laughs) (laughs) that's an old episode it's it's a wonderful episode but they're they they end up um so they they all love that vehicle because you can put six people in it and roll down every window in it yeah and it like from A pillar to C pillar, there's just nothing. Yeah. In the whole thing, and it's amazing. So there's like there's like episodes of them like rolling around in it, like all three of them in it, and they're just like hanging out the windows. <laughs> like it's it's fantastic. But um they didn't get there. They didn't get to the performance goals. And they, they ended up like they spent like four grand on this enormous like F one rear li- wing. They literally, <laughs> they literally bought a surplus rear wing from an F one team okay. and stuck it on the roof. <laughs> Was is the van all wheel drive? I think it's. I think it's front wheel drive. So then the wing wouldn't help anyway. Exactly. But actually, I mean that's not in, true. A rear wing, a rear no. wing on a front wheel drive car is a thing. But a wing, no. I mean, all right. So, but an F one, all right. But an F one would have a spoiler, not a wing, right? Because it would a wing creates lift and the spoiler creates drag. Okay, but if you're in the UK, a wing is a spoiler. It's oh, f- okay. all right, whatever. Yeah, sure. Okay, so so anyways, what's a, a rear a rear downforce generating device? A rear downforce. So that's inhibiting the performance of this front wheel drive that's, van. That's not that's really not true. How, that's not how that works. But okay. a wing would create lift, which would help create traction on the front. It wheels. is an F a Formula One car rear spoiler. That they put on the back of this front-wheel drive car. So it is creating downforce on, on the, the back. On the rear wheels. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. Not necessarily a bad thing, but not drive. necessarily helpful either on a front-wheel drive okay. vehicle. It, it, yes, sort of. Which is, I mean, my argument for all those, like, stupid Civic rear spoilers where they look like a backwards-turned hat and yeah. they're just, like, straight-up spoilers... You're creating drag on your rear axle. What, that, what, what those really high-rise spoilers do... Is it? It doesn't necessarily generate downforce, but it creates less drag. Creates it, less drag overall on the yes, vehicle. Yes. Yeah. Because otherwise, that air goes over the roof and then tumbles behind. Right. Okay. Maybe when, when on an F one car. No, no, no. I'm, not on I'm, a Renault Aventime. Okay. No. We're talking about a Civic. We're talking about different things. Right, well, you're talking about the, the big on vertical on a Civic that has a wing like right, this. Yeah. Yeah. That it's it acts as a gurney flap, which separates the layer of air that's attached to the roof. Oh. So it doesn't tumble behind the Are car. Are you trying to tell that. me right now that that spoiler that I have hated for, oh, let's say, my entire life 
is actually beneficial to the performance of a Honda Civic. Yes. I hate you so much right now. Of I'm of, of like hatchback. Well, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I'm absolutely. This, I'm out. this style of spoiler right here, the not not the middle one, but the top one. Yeah. That's no. No, no. I'm talking about the ones that go straight up. Okay, literally well, that's, straight that's up. the best picture. That one. Yeah. Yes. No. That yeah. that is extremely ambitious. Okay, I'm out. I'm done. Have you seen Billy Jew's S13? Yeah, but that makes sense because it's a coupe. It has air that comes. Oh, and, and it's rear wheel drive. It's the exact same preference. No, but it's, it's not. not creating downforce. It's, it's not, not his. That's his not the point. Point. No, I know that his doesn't create downforce. It creates less drag. Yes, yes. because it's a coupe. It doesn't. Not a hatchback. It's exactly. It works the same. even better on a hatchback. Yes. How is that possible? Because there's. Direct, Magic. There's direct air going into it as opposed to having to already. Right, come there's down. direct air hitting it at what, 88 miles an hour? I mean, if you're it's sending. If you're trying to go over 100 miles an hour, yeah, it might start to enter the realm of like, you know, not worth. What's what's the term that I'm called? Inefficiency? Uh, no. You're talking like. um equilibrium kind yeah, of yeah it's it's the, the the drag cost outweighs the 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 benefits mm-hmm. at like a certain speed but for like under 120 which how <laughs> is most of the time if right on a civic anyways well let's just face it i mean a civic's gonna spend most of its time either parked or in jack stands you need these to, days you, you need to watch more racing no, all right. So there are exceptions, yeah, obviously. But Justin, whatever his name is, that runs modified stock, stock modified. What's that class? Are you talking about Justin, Justin Low Lane? In, no, in, what? Justin Low Lane with the blue Civic with the black fender. No, no, I'm talking about the guy that runs in Australia who had that EG Civic hatchback. Oh, yeah, I don't um, know his name, but yes. What is that class called? No improved, idea. Or improved, improved production. Improved prep, or no improved production. Production. He doesn't run a stupid, straight-up, backwards hat spoiler. They probably have a rule against it. That's why. <sighs> All right, look. <laughs> Aerodynamics I'm so is... so mad right now. It's a, it's a thing, Pierce. I'm so mad right now. Aerodynamics... Is a real thing. Aerodynamics is really weird. Yes. It's really weird. Yeah. There was a... Um, my instructors at Wyotech, my chassis five instructors at Wyotech, were all like all dirt track guys. Mm-hmm. They ran like these crazy, super modified dirt track cars. They had. They told me about one year they had. Um, so they did a lot of uh, kind of gurney flaps type, type things, but then also the ones that run parallel to the car that I can't like. You see them on Evos, like the little shark fin things. Um, Strakes. I don't know. They. But it's like in that car, it basically increases the side profile of like if you, if you think about the side profile of the car, right? If you increase that profile as you're coming around a turn in basically a drift like you do in dirt track, you're creating like this crazy stability to be able to go at a higher speed somehow because you've created more of a side. It's like the weirdest thing. Okay. So this one dude read the rules really well Mm -hmm. and basically made a gigantic one that was like eight and a half feet tall and it ran the entire length of the car. Like straight up through the middle? Straight up through the middle. It was like this gigantic piece of plexiglass. And basically what he did is he went out to the track and he measured the entrance like like the, the the entrance um what's it like called the archway? the archway the entrance into the track and made it like half an inch lower than that so he could drive it into the track and he would go at the top of the track so the very outside of the corner but he could take the corners like several mile an hour faster than literally everybody else mm-hmm. who's on the inside and completely out of his way so we just like literally lap people Wow. And they had to change the rules because of that guy. Yep. Because There's he, always that dude. Because he put a nine foot tall <laughs> sail on the top of his race car, which doesn't make any sense at that all. That should be everyone's goal is be the reason they change <laughs> the rules. Exactly right. Exactly. When you bought the Corolla, yeah. we sat down at your kitchen table with a rule book and we're like, we did. how can we break these rules? Yeah. And then we didn't really care anymore. But Yeah. And then I immediately stopped caring about autocross class. Yeah. yeah. So... But, I brought this up at Starbucks because it was one of the things that I was interested in. But the C8 Corvette yes. will have 495-ish horsepower. Let's I, call it 500. For all intents and purposes, 500 horsepower yeah. for $60,000. Yes. Which is now, if I'm not mistaken, the most power for the least dollar that you can buy. Or or uh, another way of saying it, the cheapest way to get 500 horsepower. I 
believe I have not looked this up. I believe the Mustang GT three fifty is three grand more for twenty six more horsepower. Really? I have had this pulled up literally the entire time we've been talking. Well, then I got nothing. Five hundred and twenty six horsepower. The GT Shelby GT three fifty and. I saw the MSRP earlier was 60, $62,895 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Because that's, that's, that's another, like, notation bullet point that I had on my notes mm -hmm. is that this car, this, this new Corvette, because of the performance at the price, mm -hmm. the, it all comes down to the price, really. Yeah, absolutely. The... It's going to completely change the entire sports car market. I think you're probably right. Because like now, like everyone's been looking forward to the new, not the GT350, but the GT500 that's mm -hmm. supposed to be the coming The big one, out. the R or whatever. The, the, well, they have, they've had the GT350R for a little while. Maybe I'm With the, with the, the, the but... flat plane crank and everything. But that's like a 70000 Continue. Car. The, this car... The, the, ima the amount of performance you get for your money is so... It's not just... The Corvette's always kind of been in that weird space where you don't spend as much money and it, it beats cars that cost twice as much. This car beats cars that cost three or four times as much. And it's still more reliable. And it's probably... Probably still going to be more reliable. Give it, give it one or two model years. Sure. But, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to completely shift the entire market around it. Will you grab my orange bottle from the kitchen? Yes. Thank you. Which I'm very much looking forward to because the more affordable mid-engine cars there are is yeah. better. I agree. In my opinion. I agree. Not that sixty grand is anything I'll be able to afford, but give it five years, I, I mean, might be able to afford to use one. Never say know. never say never, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, here's what I think, coming in from knowing absolutely nothing about what you're talking about right now. Assuming you're talking about the Corvette. Yes. Power per dollar. I think Continued in part three. I was thinking about this on the way over here. The last time that it was just the three of us, the literally the first, the first episode. episode. The first episode? Yep. Okay. All right. Which is fine. I no, mean, yeah. It's, it's, I think that's... I mean, I, it's unfortunate. Nobody wants to hear the three of us all the time. That sure would they be do. lame. Sure they the do. only reason yeah. that anybody's listening to this is because, like, Jacob's in it. I know uh, he brought in a bunch of people. And, like, Steve Gwynn, because he's handsome as f I swore. Get that, please. I'll <laughs> do a little... <laughs> no, that was cool when you did that uh, in the last... The 16th episode. Where, like, you had, like, some technical difficulties and you did the... Oh, the beep? Yeah. yeah, yeah was like, cool. yeah. I, I laughed at that. That was funny. Yeah. Um, but Steve Gwynn, he's probably bringing in all of our listeners. I mean, but like how though? Because he's hot. I don't disagree, but it's a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Okay, but like, so he's got, I don't know, he's probably got like 500,000 friends on Facebook. And if he's tagged in something, right, they're okay. going to click on that. Okay, whatever. Thing. They're going to click on that thing. Whatever. I mean, I'm just saying, that's probably the only reason that like, so if it was, just, all I'm saying is if it was just the three of us, like, it would be my dad. Your nieces and nephews. <laughs> and your wife. My wife doesn't listen to this. Are you kidding? Okay. <laughs> can we, can we I, do like an actual intro real quick? Like just... Yeah, sure. Okay, now that we're 30 minutes into I know, this. I, this is, I'm going to edit 20 out of this one. <laughs> what intro? What are you talking about? Just like, have you listened to the podcast like ever yeah. once? I don't know. Why don't we just do like a hard open? I guess we could. I can just. I don't know. I like. I kind of like the way this is running right now. Actually, this is raw. This is Friday Night Starbucks. Yeah. Okay. This like this is. Oh my god! You just turned the NFL theme into the final countdown. Countdown. Is that really you must talk about Countdown? It's quite a fun game. <laughs> Have you watched the uh, Cats Do Countdown? Nine out of ten cats. I introduced you to that show. Did you? Yes. Like okay. eight, like a long time ago. Because we, 
Because I definitely introduced you to the Big Fat Quiz. The, nope, wrong. You sure? Absolutely. Okay, I've been I, watching that since its inception. So then whoever, I found whoever introduced us to that. Then I found thank it. You. I found <laughs> it independently of you, and then we just bonded over it. I okay, maybe. maybe that's but, fine. That's fair. But cast us countdown. Cast us countdown is fantastic. What's her name that does the board? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh man, if I wasn't drunk, I could pull it up right now. Um, but Lord, is she hot? Christ of the flies. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> When Maurice Moss is on that show, okay, <laughs> it is unreal. It's so good. He's is it eight out of ten cats or nine out of ten cats? Nine out of ten. Is cats. it nine? Yeah, nine out of ten cats. What is her name? Yeah, that's it. Nine out of ten cats. Yeah, I agree though. And she's like a PhD mathematician. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah, she's like if there was. Such a thing is out of my league. <laughs> Christ in heaven. Is there such she a thing? She would be on the moon. Like, huh? You asked that like it was a question. Is there such a thing that's out of your league? I aspire to be a better person. What can I say? But, I... um. Okay. 